Good morning. Welcome to the Long Live Alternative Parties podcast. Free Press Media Press Inc. and Alternative Parties Books Publisher sponsors this podcast. I'm Andrew Bouchard. Welcome to Long Live Alternative Parties podcast. Today, Alternative Parties friends, we have another exciting guest like we always do on this podcast. His name is Austin Lynch and he's running for office. So welcome to the podcast, Austin. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Austin, we're glad to have you. So let's get started by you kindly giving us an introduction to yourself, a brief biographical sketch. Sure. Um, so my name's Austin Lynch. I'm running for West Virginia State Senate in District 12. Um, in a nutshell, I'm a, uh, I'm a husband. I'm a father of uh, two adopted girls. Uh, I'm an Operation Iraqi Freedom veteran. Um, I'm currently a pastor and a hospice chaplain. And I've been a lifelong West Virginian. Oh, my. That's a lot of interesting stuff. So if you don't mind me asking, how do you balance running for office with being a pastor? Yeah, so um, I've always been interested in in, uh, in politics and policy. And I've always been involved, uh, especially when it comes to voting and uh, making sure that I'm an informed voter. Um but I had uh, I worked for I worked bivocationally, so I worked for the federal government for years, and uh, and I pastored, and then here recently I was able to um, start working in the private sector, and uh, uh, an opportunity uh, arose to uh, to run for office here locally. Uh, I, I'm also on our our local city council, okay. small town Stonewood, West Virginia, and so um, I was elected to that, and then this opportunity came up to run for state senate. Um, and uh, it was actually something that I, I went to my church, uh, my church board about first. And, okay. Uh, and I, I told them, you know, I'm considering uh, running, and uh, and ultimately I just said, if uh, if you don't want me to do this, you know, because it, obviously it takes up time. I said, if yeah. you don't want me to do this, um, then I won't do it. And uh, but my church board was very supportive, and my church has been very supportive throughout all this as well. And uh, my father-in-law, who's also a pastor, uh, you know, he's able to kind of pick up some of the slack when I have to be campaigning or uh, or doing something else somewhere. And so uh, it's worked out well, and uh, my church has been very gracious. And so I, I, I greatly appreciate that. Excellent. That's good to hear. I know of some situations where that doesn't go well, so I'm glad that it worked out for you. Yeah, thanks. Kindly tell our audience what party you're with. Yeah, so I am with the Libertarian Party, um, and so specifically the Libertarian Party of West Virginia, and uh, I have been a Libertarian uh, since around 2014, um, so that's, uh, I think oftentimes, especially within, uh, um, for most pastors, I think people tend to think that we're Republicans, yeah. um, and that's just not necessarily the case. Um and so, uh, I mean, obviously, I'm a when I when I say I'm an evangelical pastor, that's that's what I am. Um, that being said, I'm I am very zealous about protecting um, all the rights of of all people, because uh, my my view on it is if uh, if I want my rights protected as uh, as a as a pastor as a Christian, uh, I want to protect the rights of everybody else as well. Um, so, and that's that's the beautiful thing about America, and is that uh, you know. We have that freedom to make our own choices, and uh, and I want I want those freedoms protected for myself and for my family, and I want to be able to choose how I raise my 
my children and 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 be able to make decisions on how we where we worship and how we worship and uh and I have to be able to afford that uh that same grace to uh to other people as well and so I am very zealous about protecting rights and it just seemed uh in doing so the libertarian party was uh was a better fit um uh, for me sure that's also refreshing to hear I know too many pastors that don't want to protect rights for other religions they only want their own rights so it's awesome to hear you say that so kindly tell us how you plan to implement your vision when you get elected or as you run the race. Yeah, so um, I'll tell you, just the, the campaign in and of itself has been wonderful. Uh, I've had a lot of great conversations with people. Um, I have been pleasantly surprised at the number of people um, who are open to the possibility of voting for a third party. Um, and I think a lot of that is because Within this race, excuse me. Within this race, uh, there is no Democrat. Uh, oh wow! It is between me and a Republican. Um, so uh, it's a head-to-head race, and for a lot of Democrats, they're saying we don't have a candidate in the race, uh, but we don't want to vote for a Republican. <laughs> uh, for a lot of Republicans, they're they're looking at it and and they're frustrated, feeling like that uh, the Republican Party has maybe uh, sold them out. Um, at some point, and so they're looking for another option. And then at least in West Virginia, and I, I think it's probably true nationwide, but uh, the largest uh, growth in, in registered voters is in the uh, independent or no-party affiliation. Okay. And so a lot of people um, are, are becoming more open to taking a look at people outside of just the duopoly. Um, you know, so, so that's, been, that's been really uh, helpful and really good as I've been talking to people, they've been open to listening. And one of my big things that I want to push, whether I'm talking to an independent, a libertarian, uh, a uh, we, we have the Mountain Party in West Virginia, which is a Green Party affiliate, um, a, a Democrat or Republican, is I always talk about uh, building coalitions, single-issue coalitions. What that basically means is that we're not going to agree with everybody on everything. So let's find the areas that promote freedom and promote liberty that we can agree on, and let's work together in pushing for that. And so, I, you know, I don't, I don't try to sell myself as something that I'm not, uh, or don't try to uh, cozy up to one crowd uh, over another crowd, anything like that. Um, I basically am able to approach people and say, and then have a conversation, and say, you know, we disagree on this issue, you know, but. On, uh, on working together for promoting liberty in another area. And so let's really focus on that area. Sure, that makes sense. So what platform do you have for this race? What issues are on your platform? Yeah, so one of the uh, the big things that we're uh, looking at, and this is just kind of part of being uh, libertarian, <laughs> is, uh, you know, we want to we lower taxes. We want to put more money back in the pockets of uh, everyday citizens, uh, and so that's obviously a big issue. One of my big personal issues is looking at foster care reform. Uh, in the state of West Virginia, at any given time, there are over 7,000 children in the foster care system. Uh, there's been a, a history of children being lost in the system. Um, literally, children will come up missing in the system. Uh, huh. There's been a... Uh, uh, a pattern of uh, you know, there being no foster homes in West Virginia, uh, and so they would will have to send 
children who are in foster care out of state. They'll put them on a plane and fly them to Florida or fly them to North Carolina or wherever else uh, to put them in a, uh, a facility or in a foster home there. And, um, you know, I, like I said, I adopted my two daughters um, and we adopted them out of the foster care system. So it's something that I'm passionate about um, that we have to be able to protect our children. And so just looking at, uh, at our foster care system and, and saying there are some major reforms that need to happen here. Um, so that's been a big, a big issue. Another one is um, rolling back uh, executive authority that was given to the governor under the COVID restrictions. Uh, in the state of West Virginia, we have not rescinded that authority. And so the, uh, the governor has unprecedented authority, which is unfortunately setting a precedent now because, you know, we're, we're almost, uh, you know, two years into this thing or almost, you know, and, and still going. And the legislature, which is a supermajority Republican legislature, I might add, that has been often talking about freedom and small government, uh, truly they've just been doing the exact opposite. And so, uh, and that's why I think a lot of Republicans uh, are, are getting frustrated because they've heard a lot of talk about smaller government and lower taxes, and they're just not seeing it happen. Um, and instead, we're giving unprecedented authority to the governor uh, under the guise of of uh, these uh, the, the COVID uh, pandemic. And uh, and so, it's it's time in West Virginia that we start rolling that back. Um, another thing that often happens in West Virginia um, that I, I like to talk about and, and I would love to see us move forward on is uh, we give uh, these huge uh, incentives, these huge cutouts for big businesses to come in. And, uh, and time and time again, West Virginia has been the victim of big corporations and companies coming in that are supposed to bring all of these jobs. And, uh, and a lot of times it falls through or a lot of times they'll come in and, with uh, these grandiose ideas, and then you end up with people moving in from out of state to take these these jobs. And at the end of the day, it's not really helping. And so, being able to say it's time we get government out of bed with big business, and it's time that we free up the markets uh, so that if a business uh, is not being run properly, it can fail as it should. And if a business is being run properly, then that business can succeed and it can be a, a blessing to our state and to those communities and to our people. And sure. so it's a matter of, of getting the government out of people's in personal lives and getting the government out of bed with big business. So I've never talked to a libertarian on our podcast about the foster care system. That's an interesting additional issue. So do you want to see more privatization in the foster care system, or do you think that's one thing the state could do legitimately? Yeah, so I think that that could be helpful. Uh, one of the first steps that I think would be an, uh, a positive step forward is, again, this is when the government kind of oversteps and gets involved, it causes more problems. Um, and that's the, the issue of um, foster care facilities. So in the state of West Virginia, they've set a, uh, a moratorium on how many children can be kept in a facility in West Virginia. And so uh, in, in doing so, our facilities will be maxed out. So we'll still be having children in the foster care system, but these facilities can't take any more children, not because they couldn't, uh, you know, practically. And actually, as I've talked to a lot of, uh, you know, the uh, the leaders in these facilities, they say, we would love to take more children. We have the space. 
and it would actually financially be beneficial for us to, to take more children. Um, but the state government has passed a, a law stating that they're not allowed. And, uh, and so instead of allowing children to at least stay in the state, we're sending them out of state. Um, and so that's been a, a, a major issue that I, I think if we would just repeal something like that, um, that would be a huge boost and a, a huge help within the foster care system. Um, and I think taking a, a, a big look at how we're spending the money, um, taking a look at, uh, at what we're actually doing uh, when it comes to CPS and uh, you know, Child Protective Services, uh, I, I think we have to be able to sit down and have a conversation because ultimately there are children that need protected and um, and our government's failing to do that um, and individuals are failing to do that and so we need to have a conversation and we need to see what's going to work and see how we can fix it. Uh, but yeah, that, that first step I think is just a practical uh, a practical first step that uh, that would be helpful. So, what is your campaign strategy? How do you plan to reach the voters in your area? Staying busy. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, since I announced my candidacy, um, I've uh, uh, my 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 wife and my kids, and like I said, my church. Uh, everyone has been very, very helpful and very gracious. Um, there, there have been a lot of uh, a lot of fairs and festivals and parades um, in our area, and so um, I'm showing up. You know, I'm showing up. I'm talking to voters. I'm uh, I'm handing out literature and pens, and uh, you know, driving through the parade and whatever we can do uh, to let people know I'm here. I actually care about West Virginians. Um, I actually care about your community, and I want to make a positive change, and I want to help protect your freedoms. I want to help uh, put more money back into your pockets. Um, I want to help protect your kids. And 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 so those are important things is just, just being able to get out in front of people who will be voting and let them know um, you're not ignoring them or uh, you're not trying to just run a campaign by sitting behind uh, – a, a computer screen, but you're actually getting out into the community and you're actually getting involved. And sometimes we'll show up to things. Uh, I say we, like my wife, you know, uh, my wife and I will show up to things uh, like a, a, a town uh, a town hall meeting um, that maybe I'm not necessarily speaking at or anything like that, but I want to hear what issues are going on in that county or in that city. I want to uh, talk to the people who are there and see what we can do to practically help um, that will promote liberty and uh, that will be beneficial to, to everybody. And of course, being a libertarian, I think the more we can promote liberty, the more beneficial it is um, for anybody and everybody across the socioeconomic uh, divide. So, but that's been the main thing, getting out there, knocking on doors, showing up to the fairs, the festivals, and just being available, um, answering questions as people uh, ask and, uh, and making sure that they know uh, there is an open line of communication, and that wouldn't change if I'm elected either. Uh, that open line of communication is always going to be there. That's good to hear. So speaking of socioeconomics, what are the demographics of the district that you're running for? It varies. Um, and so our, our legislature recently redistricted um, the state, and so my district uh, if you know anything about West Virginia, it spans from the western part of Taylor County and kind of is this 
you know, this uh, almost narrow uh, shot that goes through Harrison County, which is where I live, and then Lewis County, Gilmer County, and Calhoun County. And I'll say the economic um, uh, the economics in Harrison County versus the economics in Calhoun County are very different. The cultures in Harrison County versus uh, Calhoun County are very different. And so um, you, you can't just come at it with, uh, uh, with a, a broad brush and say that we're going to fix everything. Um, I think you have to be able to look at And this was one of the reasons that I, um, when I was debating on whether I should uh, should actually run, uh, one of the things that came to mind was thinking of counties like Gilmer County and, and Calhoun County, which are um, two counties that are, are more rural uh, in our area, in this district, and, uh, and just could use an economic boost. I grew up in a county like that, and, uh, and so I understand what it's like to feel like your representatives, even at the state level, have forgotten about you. And so I made it a point to go down to Calhoun County multiple times, and I'm not done going there, but, uh, you know, in Gilmer County multiple times to talk to people and to let them know, um, I'm, I'm promising you, I might live in Harrison County, but I'm not going to forget about everything you're going through down here, and we're going to work to try to see, to, to try to build this economy down here, where you take areas in Harrison County that, uh, I mean, economically are doing really well. Not all of Harrison County, but there are definitely areas where they're doing doing well and I kind of want to put it like a the analogy of a uh, of a, a firefighter um, the firefighter goes to the house that's on fire it's not that he loves the house that's on fire any more than any of the others it's just that's the one that needs the most help at the time and so I just want people in those rural communities uh, to know they're not forgotten about and to work toward uh, uh, some economic development in those areas that sounds like a good way to do it so kindly tell us about your ballot access struggles. Are you on the ballot already? Are you? Did you get on the ballot? How did that work? What are the ballot access hurdles that you've had to face and overcome? Yeah, so uh, thankfully in West Virginia, um, ballot access is determined, um, as far as parties go, determined by the gubernatorial um, election. And right. so in order to gain major party status, you have to run a candidate uh, for governor, and that candidate has to receive 1% of the vote or greater. And so um, as the Libertarian Party in 2020, um, a great candidate named uh, Erica Kalinich ran, and uh, she secured well over the 1% that was needed. I think she was maybe close to 3% uh, of the vote. And so that gives us ballot access as a major party. Uh, in the state of West Virginia, for all the down ballot races, um, and and going up to the you know the presidential race as well, um, and so that hasn't been an issue with this campaign. Um, we haven't had to worry about that, and I'm thankful for the people that are willing to put themselves out there and and take a big risk, like Erica, who ran for governor, um, because she's definitely made my life a lot easier as a uh, as a libertarian candidate uh, running for uh, state senate. So uh, that's been one good thing. Uh, about this race because uh, I definitely see some of my other uh, libertarian friends in other states that are struggling to get ballot access and struggling to get enough signatures and uh, honestly it just hasn't been a concern for us. That's awesome. I'm glad you don't have to deal with that so you can focus all your energy on your campaign. Absolutely. 
So, Austin, kindly tell our audience how they can support your campaign. Yeah. So, um, the best way would uh, probably, uh, I'd say where we're most active is going to be on our Facebook. Um, so, if you just uh, look for Lynch for WV State Senate, um, our Facebook will be on there. And uh, uh, we have ways that you can either through check or through PayPal uh, if you want to support financially. Um, all of that is set up, and I'd be happy to uh, walk anybody through the process if, uh, if they have any questions on that. Um, but uh, uh, the other thing that we could definitely always use is just people who volunteer, uh, people yeah. who want to uh, make phone calls or people who would want to go out door knocking um, or help at fairs and festivals, things like that. Um, those are always, always helpful. And so uh, appreciate anyone that is uh, willing to do that. Um, and if somebody has specific questions on how they can help, again, like I said, I mean, I am, uh, I'm very available. Uh, so uh, just uh, send us a message um, uh, through Facebook or, uh, uh, you know, I think our address, everything like that is on there. Or, uh, uh, you know, send us a message. I'll be happy to give you my phone number and we can uh, you can call me and, and we can have a discussion. But uh, anybody that wants to volunteer or wants to help out, um, I'm more than happy to have the help. Excellent. Excellent. So, Austin, thank you kindly for coming on the podcast today and talking about your campaign. We appreciate hearing about it. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the invite. And uh, uh, hopefully I would love to be able to come back on uh, maybe after November and uh, maybe celebrate a, a third-party winning uh, a race in West Virginia. Yes, that's a good possibility. That's a good idea. That might work out. So, Austin, we wish you all the best in your campaign and also in your pastorship and every other thing you do. Thank you so much. I appreciate the time. All right. Take care and all the best. All right. Bye.